Good morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to us, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We're happy to have you here. Welcome back, everyone. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I think um, FPL is going pretty well. I'm doing decent with it. And honestly, just um, kind of a little upbeat about life right now. How about you, Luke? I'm doing good as well. I, I think that, you know, it's been a rough go of it this week for me in FPL. But last week was a great week. Had a huge green arrow. And now kind of just average out. But outside of that, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be on mm-hmm. the pod with you. And yeah. let's talk about FPL for a little while. So let's get right into it. Um, let's talk about our previous weeks you alluded to a little bit so let's break down what your week looked like for all the listeners or viewers out there okay so let's go back in time a little bit right before the deadline i had gotten up because my wonderful dog west loves to wake up around 4 30 to 5 30 every morning for his breakfast so he, he woke me up brekkie. around 5 30 or so so i was up for the deadline um, right before it locked in at 6 a.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. Not to, you know, divulge our locations or anything, but... From a not. secret location somewhere or on somewhere the East Coast. Or somewhere on the East Coast with sun or and are sand. Or are we on the coast? We're on the coast. Just maybe not the East Coast. Oh. So you want to be, like, mysterious but not too mysterious? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know... Okay. I'm a little being a little edgy right now. So... Oh, <laughs> that's that's the word I would use to describe you, Lucas, edgy. <laughs> Thank you. So two minutes before the deadline, I decided to go from a Holland captain to a Richarlison captain. My reasoning for this was looking back on how many goals Brighton had given up as opposed to Everton, I felt like it was more likely that Brighton would concede more goals than Everton. I was in the same camp as you. And ultimately it turned out to be, you know, two goals conceded by both teams. Richarlison wasn't involved in any goal involvements not a great sentence structure there but we'll move on we move and holland gets the two goals that city get against everton um so i unfortunately made the wrong decision there but with the form that richarlson was in and expecting brighton to concede a lot i thought that and also with the fact of last time everton not everton sorry excuse me last time brighton and tottenham played there were it was, there were a ton of goals i think it was a combination of like six or seven goals in that one single yeah. match so I was hoping for another performance like that. And if Tottenham was going to score a lot, I figured Richarlison would be involved. So I got burned on that. Um, I ended up... The playing styles do match up a lot for fireworks. So they I do. completely agree with where you were coming from in your logic. Ended up on 47 points for the game week. Um, I'm going to have a massive red arrow because I'm 15 points off the average at this point. And my two big returners, Douglas Louise and Holland... Outside of that, everyone else blinked, except for Slonke got an assist, and Trent did as well. So it was a really rough week for me, but nevertheless, I think I'm coming up with some really good ideas for how to attack the remaining fixtures. So okay. really optimistic. Um, but Paul, how about you? You had a really nice green arrow this week, right? Yeah. So my I had a good green arrow. Ended up on 76 points, with the average being 62. So that's that helps a lot. Um, I, my biggest performers this week were Cole Palmer. He's been producing for me big time. Also, Sokka, huge 15-pointer, great. Uh, Darwin, who actually I played the captain captaincy on, he ended up with 12 points total. Man, that Not is bad. that is playing with fire, putting the captaincy it's, on Darwin. It was. So I had uh, – we'll just go into this now. I had 
Holland as my captain all week. And then Friday night, for some reason, I was sitting there. And I, it's kind of like your thought process, Luke. I was looking at City's matchup versus Everton, and they've been really good defensively this year, honestly. And then you see Liverpool, who just seem to score goals everywhere, playing Burnley, who's been giving up a lot of goals. And it, to me, it felt like a better matchup overall. And Darwin does have high risk to reward. Like, if you look at his season stats, he doesn't have any of these crazy performances like Watkins or Holland. But I don't know. I feel like I think I really got in my head about the the match where he had four shots go off the cross off off the post. Like right, right. I was like, there's a chance. Like he's gonna break through, and it, I think it legitimately could have been this match. Like, and also another thing with the Darwin captaincy that really sucks is he got a yellow card. Which I didn't see. The yeah, that we is were, unfortunate. We were busy Saturday, so we didn't get to watch the matches, but we saw the highlights and everything. But I didn't see exactly what he got the yellow for, but or I didn't see the like the points totals in the bonus points FPL bonus points machine. Where if he doesn't get the yellow, he may have gotten bonus points, which is huge with the captaincy, you know. Yeah, it was a big point swing. Um, but if you look at his underlying numbers, just in this fixture alone against Burnley, he did an XG of point nine and an XA of 0.44, so an overall XGI of 1.34. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's validation that you you did make the right pick. Yeah. Right? Um, the end product wasn't fully there, but that's the big question with Darwin, is does the end product come? Yeah. Um, and he, he did return, right? And that's really, from a captaincy, it puts you in a position where you kind of, you know, hedge a little bit over Holland with that return. Yeah. It does help. Well, so once again, my bench did strike, which honestly, I, I think at this point, we're just going to do a little segment where I where we tweet out my bench before the deadline, because we should. The, the way the way it's going, my bench just performed. So I had gross on the bench with 10 points for me this week. Yeah. And, and everyone in the FPL knows that there's these kind of leak wars that come out where specific accounts on Twitter have access to people or information that others might not. So they start to leak team sheets ahead of time before the deadline. So maybe we should get into that action and just start leaking your bench ahead of time. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that could go viral. So, you know, just remember, if you're listening to this podcast, you were here before we went really big. Yeah. So. Listen, you're, you're not on the ground floor right now, but you're getting in early. Yeah. Without this a is doubt. like finding without an artist on Spotify that has like, maybe like a low number of monthly listeners but you're like man that song was smacking me around a little bit dare like, i say it's pretty damn good dare i say bitcoin at five dollars oh my god. maybe maybe i need a moment after that <laughs> good god <laughs> can we for a second talk about the guy who made a video have you seen this where he he filmed know. himself looking at the price of bitcoin and at this point in time i think he had thousands of bitcoin and he'd been holding for months at this point, and he was going crazy because Bitcoin was, had just hit, I think it was a dollar or ten dollars. Could you imagine? But he he sold all of it, I believe, before it really took off, which is very unfortunate. So, but I mean, like, if you think about it, not that we're gonna dive deep into stocks on our podcast, but like, or cryptos, but like, his ROI and his initial investment was probably huge. But I mean, imagine if he held too, of course, you know, like. That's the always thing, but like, yeah, to get an investment like that, man, that's yeah, good for crazy. him. So, so our we, podcast is Bitcoin. That's what we're saying. Our podcast is here to help you find the newest version of FPL Bitcoin. Oh, I like that's that. what you're I here like that. for. I like that so, better. 
Um, keep listening, and we will honor some diamonds in the rough, and hopefully that will benefit your FPL team as we go through this really kind of turbulent double game week, blank game week, and I would imagine a lot of chip usage in the upcoming couple of weeks. So here in this podcast, we're going to talk about how we'd like to maybe plan out the usage of chips, how to, as I said, manage those blanks in double game weeks, and maybe throw out a couple free hit teams if someone is looking at doing that for game week 25. Yeah. So, um, Paul, let's take a little break here, and we'll be right back. All right. Stick around, everybody. Hello, everyone. We're back after a short little break here. That, Paul, was, a f- that was a fun break. I had a good time. Yeah, me too. It, God, it flew by. Um, Paul, I have a question for you. Let's hear it. Do you ever find yourself at a restaurant or maybe, say, a fast food restaurant and the menu is just so big, you have no idea what to decide. What Does that you, ever what happen are you doing to, you? to me? <laughs> I don't want to play this game. Okay, well, you don't have to answer. My analogy here, right? I feel like right now in FPL, there's so many decisions we can make and we cannot make. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways to go with how you want to attack using your chips or approaching a double game week or a blank game week. So we're here to help you pick through that menu and figure out what works best for your team. But also, the way we're going to do that is just by talking about how we best think we can use chips. Um, so let's dive right into that. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Um, first, though, we need to understand what's going to be happening in the upcoming game. Yes. Um, so let's talk about this. So this information is pulled from Ben Krellen's Twitter account. and The blank double god. Yeah. Shout out to Ben Krellen because he is on top of it, to say the least. Um, so for game week 25, if you are not aware, we will have Liverpool, Brentford, City, Luton, and City doubling. That's in 25. Yes, in 25. Brentford has a double of Liverpool at home, Man City away. Liverpool have a double of Brentford away and Luton at home. And then we have Luton with Manchester United at home. Liverpool away and wrapping it up city with Chelsea at home and then Brentford at home. We have blanks in 26 where both Liverpool and Luton are going to blank out of the doublers. And then a game week in game week 28, it is confirmed. We're going to have a double game week with, um, we're going to have Luton and Bournemouth replaying that match, um, from earlier in the season. So both of those teams will be blanking as well. And then we have a huge round of blank game week of blank games in 29. Um, and that's going to be primarily due to the FA Cup quarterfinals. Yes. Those are yet to be confirmed up to this point because a lot of those teams have to um, finish up playing their round four and, well, now just round five matchups. Um, and from that, we'll have a better idea. So amongst all this, there's a lot of decisions to make. So, Paul, what are your thoughts? With all this going um, on. Another thing to highlight, too, is that we have Europa League, Europa League and Champions League coming back also this midweek. But it's important to note, though, for a team such as Liverpool, Liverpool will not be playing um, in Europa League until, let's see, um, game week 27, I believe. Okay. Look. That's good to know. But yeah, 27. Just so everybody sees the whole, the whole picture here that... What Luke just said is great information about the blinks, doubles, all that stuff. But some of these teams that are still in Europe will be playing other games on top of 
FA Cup fixtures they're still in. So there's a there's a lot to stuff lot of stuff to navigate right now. In totality, I think the main thing that FPL managers or me and you, everybody out there should do is really just sit down, look at your team and decide how much risk you want to have the rest of the season. Like realistic realistically for me, I think you can be very bold going through these or you can also just kind of play it safe and you can get through them just fielding a team. I, I think the main thing going through all this is in the with the blanks coming up more so than anything else is like just fielding a, an 11 I think is vitally important. Okay, so a good question to kind of segue from what you were saying. For game week 25, what do you think is a good amount of doublers to have in your opinion? I think four to five is a... Four to five is good? I Honestly, I, I can go three, four, five in that range. I think that's okay. a suitable amount to like get a little bit of the double. Am I playing it that way? Most likely, no. But it to me, it's like, I mean, I, I think you could get in a premium asset of Holland and just have him for a double and him and Foden. And I think you'd probably be fine, really, you know? Okay, so you do you not like Liverpool's double? Is that kind of what you're saying here? I don't know. I, to me, it's it's like for Liverpool, there's a lot of questions surrounding who I actually like. So I'm a Darwin owner, which I'm going to hold him. But with Darwin, it's just what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about my team. Like, There's a lot of upside, but there's also a lot of times where he just hasn't performed. Yeah. Or where he's he's been very close to performing and he hasn't. So, I mean, there's a lot of risk associated with Darwin, which, like I said, he's going to be in my team. But if you at this point, I don't think I would bring him in if I did not have him already. Building up to the Game Week 25 deadline, I cannot wait to see the Twitter thread that argues that Darwin should be your triple captain. That's I mean, going to be interesting. Pe- people are going to make that, make that shout. And I can see why, but it feels like you're playing with fire if you're going to triple Captain Darwin. That's one of those moves that seems very unlikely to pay out. But if it did, it would it would hit different without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. And the thing, too, that I do like Liverpool's double, though, playing United at home. And then no, they play. No, they play Brentford. At, yeah, Brentford away. And Brentford Luton away, and then Luton at home. Like I, I think those are good matchups for Liverpool from attacking perspective. I think they're good. I but where I think I'm questioning this double obsession a little bit is I'm not sure about the Luton double. That one's kind of difficult in my opinion. Yeah, just so everybody on the podcast knows, I have. Two Luton players, Ross Barkley. How many doublers are you going to have for 25? So right now, it's this is a question I'll ask you, Luke, because I think this is a lot of people are probably struggling with this right now. I would have seven going into next week, but Trent got hurt. So if I don't replace him with another Liverpool asset, I will have six going into the next week. So what would you do with Trent if you had Trent is a sell, in my opinion, Um, purely because it sounds from some reports like he could be out for quite a bit of time that's what it seems we'll like. we'll have to wait and see we'll definitely get a press conference before the deadline from liverpool that will give us a lot more information to kind of discern the best direction to go but as of now sitting with the information that we have i would say he's a sell and i think you know you can easily make that sideways transfer to another liverpool defender 
do you, so do you, in your head, do you think one thing outweighs another? Like going to a Liverpool defender, say Bradley, if he's, if we figure out he's going to play, do you think it's worth it to go to a Liverpool defender if they're going to blank the next game week? If you can still get out enough players, because you're still operating mm-hmm. under the assumption that he's just taking Trent's spot. So ideally your team would be built already to where you can you know you can make that transfer because you're already planning for 26 ahead of time mm-hmm. um so how many my net my question to you is how many do you have for 26 playing in your team for currently? 26 if i don't make transfers it looks bleak okay I'll, so I'll you'd you, be I'll looking you, at a negative exactly. four to negative eight probably right in 26 it it depends on what i do this week Okay, so you have to keep that in mind as well. Um, yeah. Alternatively, so, maybe a suggestion that I would make is yeah. if you see a team that you really like for their fixtures in 25 and 26 that is playing in 26, maybe go ahead and make that transfer now. Mm-hmm. Take Trent out for that yeah. player who you would prefer to have. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the thing too, Luke, that um, with the blinks and doubles, I think I do this a lot, but it's hard to not be like, really attracted to getting as many doublers as possible, which is kind of how I, I'll play this. It's kind of right. run of fixtures. Yeah. But I mean, there's people like Sokka who play Arsenal play Burnley away next weekend. And I could, or say Villa who play Fulham away. Like th- there's really, there's good fixtures for players that are just in single game well, weeks. And what going off what so I was it's saying, balance. right? If you say, let's say you bring in someone who's cheap, you go with, um, I don't know, an- another team that has good fixtures, Manchester United. Gross. Or Well, yeah, for a defender, this yeah. is just for a Trent replacement. If you want to repla- replace Trent with someone who has good two-game fixture run and they play in 26, you could go for a Dallow. They have Luton mm-hmm. away, and then they have Fulham at home. Those yes. are good fixtures. They do have City up soon, coming up soon. But I think we get so into this idea of double game weeks that there are going to be players outside the doubles that return really well too. Um, so it's important to keep that in mind. Um, and it's easy to get this double game week fever. And I think we need to, you know, remind ourselves like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. There are other good fixtures out there, so let's keep that in mind and kind of plan accordingly, so that we're not like in your situation so that you're not fielding seven players for game week 26. So just, um, so we've touched a little bit on Liverpool, a little bit on city, but I would like to touch on the Luton assets a little bit because I think they are interesting. Yeah. So if we look, which ones do you find to be interesting? I mean, the two that I brought in earlier, the most interesting are Adebayo and Barkley. Okay. Those are the ones I, I think to me, it was Morris and Adebayo both were, Somewhat the same, but I went with Adebayo because over the last three game weeks, he has been the third highest returner in FPL. Mm. He has 28 points over that stretch, and he has four goals. His XG is 1.42, which is a little sus with four goals, but he's producing. And yeah, and somebody in a double game week like that, I'm like, it's really hard to pass that up. And watching Ross Barkley, like he's getting in positions where he's like, crashing the box where he's taking corners I will where he's say, like he's around a lot of the stuff Luton does it does feel like he's their creative engine mm-hmm. whenever they're in attack he, I mean he's on set pieces as well um it is kind of unfortunate that Morris takes pins and he doesn't if Morris was on if I should say if Barkley was on pins that would be a, another excellent 
That would be a golden ticket to getting on your team. It absolutely in my would. Opinion. Um, but something else that I kind of want to talk about. Um, Can I say one more thing? About yeah, Luton yeah, go ahead. Book? Sorry, not to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, but also for Luton, I did bring them in with the intention of keeping these Luton assets until tw- through 28 because they, they blank in 26 and they play Villa in 27 and then in 28 they play Crystal Palace and Bournemouth, which is another great double. It is. Which, by the That's way, I don't, I don't know if we said this, but Luton plays United and Liverpool, which is a... Somewhat of a diff- that it's feels kind of tough. Yeah. It's a difficult ask for them, but I mean, to and me, I mean, if you look at the way it's, it's United at home, the like players they're, that they're really you, good at home, the center backs that United are going to be fielding are going to damage the way that Luton play because they've got Maguire, who's a big center back, he's good in the air, um, and they've got. Varon as well, who's a big body. He's not quite as you know agile as he used to be, but he's a big body. It's going to be tough on Adebayo and Morris as well in the box because they're going to be they're going to be banging with them in there, right? So it's going to be difficult for them a little bit, I think. Um, but they're still a good asset because it feels like Luton just has they have a spark lately mm-hmm. where they're they're finding finding those opportunities and putting balls in the back of the net. It, it, another thing about Luton too, is is that last week really scared the shit out of me, because they went and lost to Sheffield three one, mm-hmm. and I, my whole intention I was like, I'll bring them in in twenty four. They're playing Sheffield, one of the easily one of the worst teams in the Premier League so far this season based on performance, and they lose three one. I mean, it it just shows you the unpredictable nature. When we think one thing, something else happens. So. I will say, on Saturday, we were waist deep in the Florida Creek River. One a would river. say a it, river. It was a river. It was not uh, a creek. Staring down gators across the waterway. That's not true, Dorothy. We were not. <laughs> no, not at all. Never. She didn't see the pictures. So. This is a silly little story. But but my point being, after a long day in the Florida sun finding shark teeth, we were. I came back to see that Sheffield beat Luton three to one. And that was very surprising. I did mm-hmm. that was a result I did not expect to see. And if we look at the underlying stats, it was a pretty even matchup, right? Yes. Based upon the stats, XG, there was an XG differential of 0.07. So the teams were very even matched, and Sheffield were just more clinical. Yeah. Although Luton did have a lot more shots, it seems like the quality of shots were very similar. It's it's such a funny discussion too because I mean I, I think it's really easy to get wrapped up in the XG game and like the numbers behind stuff, and then you see the numbers from, not to talk about Arsenal always as I do on the pod, but if you look at the numbers of when they played West Ham this past weekend and beat them six nil, those numbers are not far away from the last two times this season that West Ham beat Arsenal. Yeah, so it it really true. just shows you on any given day. There's like a range of outcomes that could happen with the same exact stats. This is the beauty of football. Yeah, right? it, there's because so much unpredictability to it, which makes our life so difficult as FPL managers. So, and I think one of the biggest things for Arsenal in a situation like that is they did not take their foot off the gas pedal. Pedal. No. Arsenal have shown over the past two seasons really that they'll start out games really well, dominate possession, have some really good chances early. And then kind of fade out of the game. And it it's not intentional. I think that the intensity drops a little bit. And then teams are able to find their way back into games. But in this match, Arsenal looked really good. Saka 
the overall discussion over him two to three weeks ago was he's a must sell. He's not necessary. He's underperforming mm-hmm. his price tag. Yep. And that narrative has completely fallen off. Yeah, dude, a hundred goals and assists, and he's twenty two years old. For twenty two year, twenty two years old. For you forget ours. how old it's he crazy. is. He, it seems like he's twenty seven or twenty eight. I was I was talking to um, our roommates about this, and it it I just feel like like you said I feel like he's so much older because all the shit he went through when he was young for England like it and he carries himself like a much older person like he feels very mature. He does. Saka's just a, he's a gem. He, he's he's a special one. But um, let's see. What else do we want to touch on, Luke, for... um I think we should pivot into a discussion about chip usage. Okay. Right. Um, I have some thoughts, but I think it would be interesting if we maybe start out with talking about the triple captain. The triple captain is a chip that really ultimately in the grand scheme of things is not that powerful, in my opinion. You don't think it is? I don't think so. Out of the chips that you can possibly use, say a free hit, you can bring in a completely new team and have no impact on your team the next week. That's very impactful. I guess in a wild you card, you it, can completely change your team and get points for the next four to five weeks based upon those decisions you make. And then a bench boost, you can add four, four players. If you have four doublers on your bench, that's an immense amount of points. Mm-hmm. Triple captain is has extremely high variance. It's hard to predict, but if you get it right, it can make a big difference for one week. I agree. I, I I will say, though, that I think a triple captain used in the right situation can win you your mini league. Sure. Easily. That's easily. very... Because yep, if you look at sure. what um, the winner of our league did last year, he used it on Rashford and... I think guy. he got three goals, maybe two or something. Well, it like was one week points, where he something like that. Yeah, he ended up on sixty or so. So, um, yeah. and I mean, the, there's the yeah. previous times where I know people have captained KDB in a big week, or I don't know who the other one is. I saw a screenshot on Twitter the other day where KDB brought in like seventy five points in yeah. one one double. So it's pretty crazy. Um, but odds are, usually when you play a triple captain, that the you're more likely to miss than you are to hit, in my opinion, right? Those ones where someone ends up with 75 points, that's extremely rare. So you are you saying opinion. that you think the best way to play it is to be as cautious or as no, risk I, I don't think as so. possible? In my opinion, because you're less likely to get it right, I think it's worth taking somewhat of a risk on it. That's an interesting in my take. opinion. That's kind of how I see it. Um, but inversely, like you're saying, which pivots into our a good point, I think a lot of people are going to be triple captaining Holland in 25. After this performance against mm-hmm. Everton, I think that's going to almost scare a lot of people into using it for 25. I I totally agree. And I'm going to have Holland, and I'm considering tripping, triple captaining him. I'm, it's it's floating around my head. I wouldn't say. I would, I'm probably like 50-50 on the idea right now. Right. But, I mean, if you look at their matchup, they played Chelsea at home and Brentford at home. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know. I'm not saying I think Chelsea could somehow surprise City, but it wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea put up a better fight than people expected them to. Like, this feels like a Chelsea team that's kind of a little bit like United, where maybe they're starting to figure it out. They have people healthy again. Yeah, perhaps. I think Cole Palmer is so important to what they do. Oh, yeah. And if if they're starting in Cuckoo up top, 
they have a little bit more consistency. They're building up some of that institutional knowledge of better understanding each other and having more of a connection. They could give City some issues, but... And Chilwell's back, too. But they did lose I, Thiago Silva today. I don't so. think... I, I do disagree with what you're saying about City. I think they could be prime for a real thumping, in my opinion. I mean, I'm always fine with Chelsea getting thumped, so... And this okay, this is a great point to bring up as well. Because Holland is most likely going to be triple captain by a lot of managers for twenty five. It is very wise and very practical. If you're not gonna triple captain him, go ahead and put that captain on him. Yeah, if, if you cut your wrist. If if you think about it from this perspective, if Holland is triple captain, someone owns three hundred percent of his points. Right? They're tripling all that. If you do not have him in your team, that 300% say he gets five goals is going to bury you. Inversely, Absolutely. if you captain him, the people who triple captain only have hundred percent more of him than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really kind of decreases your risk in that situation. So yeah, from sure. a defensive perspective, captaining Holland is a very practical choice for game rate 25. And honestly, I, I if you were going to pick any other doubler to captain, who would you pick besides Holland? Like, I'm totally in the same camp as you, but if you had to go somewhere else, because we talked about Darwin, it's a little risky. I think pe- some people will. Did you say captain or triple captain? Who would you? Who would you captain? Like, um, okay, so or we can we can just say who who would you triple captain if you're not going to captain triple captain Holland this week? We'll just go triple captain. This is my personal bias speaking here, but I think Foden would be an interesting triple captain. I figured you would say right. That. Foden's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. He does have a high ceiling, low floor, though, right? Because I feel like he had that hat trick a couple weeks ago. That was a huge return for him. If you triple captain him for that, that would be immense for your team because not a lot of people are going to captain him with Holland being back. Mm-hmm. There's huge upside there. I do think that Darwin's an interesting captain shout. I don't think he's worth a triple captain because of the variance and how high high or low his week could go. I also do kind of worry. I don't, I wouldn't captain anyone from, I would not triple captain anyone from Brentford or Luton though. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brentford has a tough double. They do. Tony's probably going to get a goal or two just because of how Brentford play. He will look at last week. I think his ceiling is not, extremely high um he's gonna be similar to harry kane of last season where he where just takes away he takes away um and you know we know that until he goes to a different club if he ends up at a top six club look out because next season he's gonna be expensive and he's gonna be scoring goals too dude you know this is mainly we're kind of having a chat because most of those things we talk about are fpl or premier league related at this point but if Tony gets a move to Spurs, that's going to be absolutely terrifying. But also super exciting as as an FPL manager because if you threw him in their attack with Son on the left, Kuliseski on the right, and Madison playing through the middle, that's probably the an attack that would at the bare minimum rival cities. And if they really are cohesive and play well together, they could be the best attack in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I like agree. That, this is, that this would was, be, we talked about this yesterday. That's a death star of an attack. Imagine if, um, okay, we were hypothetically, we were watching some Serie A and I threw out the possibility of um, Farskelia 
locking down that right wing of Tottenham, and then Tottenham used that buyback clause and get Harry Kane, you would have Son on the left, Kane up top, Madison in the middle, and Kvaskar... Kvaskello? Kvaskello? Yeah. Yeah. I think... I don't know. We'll go with Kvar. If you have him on the right running at defenses, Son and him are so relentless on those wings going at defenders... For people that don't know, that's Napoli's right wing, by the way. Man, that yeah. you would be cooking with some serious spice on that one. Dude, I would and love to see that. Like the the interchange, the exchange between especially him and Madison. And Either. then you have to worry about Son running in behind with Kane dropping the oh my dude, it's it's insane. Speaking of Napoli and, and their think, wing backs. Think about Napoli, right? Even if Tottenham don't buy back Harry Kane, imagine Ozenheim as their no, striker. He's going to Arsenal, don't even say that. I don't know. He's hey. already made his decision. Hey. We'll have to see. You don't say that. We'll you don't say that. Uh, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If you know, you know. Um, okay, so let me just lay out a couple chip situations and see hear what you think. Okay. So situation one. This is assuming someone has not played their wild card. Let's just say because, you know, it's template. I feel like this is very likely to happen. Triple captain in 25. Pop that bad boy in Holland. We'll see how that goes. And then a wild card in 33 to get ready for the doubles in 34. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. could be really nice. You can bench boost right after that in for the doubles in 34 and have a team full of doublers. Yep. And then your free hit in maybe 37 when there could possibly be more doubles or you free hit on the last week. Really go crazy. I mean, um, and seems... inversely from that, you could, if you need to, you could free hit in 26 too, or 28. Yeah. Well, not 28. Yeah, you could you could free hit in 28 too yeah. in that situation. So you have versatility, the free hits in your back pocket, um, and that wild card in 33 really sets you up nicely to go into those remaining doubles that would come out in 34 or 37. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Um, you want to hear the second one? Yeah, let's hear it. So this scenario is a bit more spicy, but I will say I do like it. Okay, so in this scenario, you would free hit in 25. Okay. Get 11 doublers and have the most up-to-date information right beforehand. So Should we talk about our free hit teams? Yes, but let me finish this out, and then we'll go back to free hit teams for 25. And then, so after using your free hit in 25, so free hit 25, free yep. hit 25, triple captain in 28, and that would go to the King Dominique Solanke, Your who dude. has an insane, insane fixture run in 28, where um, they go, I've got it right here. Um, it's Sheffield and Luton. Sheffield and Luton. That sounds like a really good run of fixtures, right? And, it does. And as we know, Luton is going to be at home as well, too. So something to keep an eye on. Keep that in your back pocket. You wild card in 31 because they're really good fixtures. Excuse me. Oh, you're good in that you. window. And some of the teams that I would look at for that are Brentford, who just have a green run from 31 on. City have a great run in the, city, in the season. Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle, and Wolves. All of these teams that I just mentioned have some incredible incredible FPL assets that we, we could look at. So that wild card in 31 is a little early, 
but with some maneuvering after you use it, I think it's a great way to load up on players and teams that are going to thrive from 31 onwards, and you really just attack those last seven fixtures, um, seven or eight, give or take, whenever you use it, 31 or 32. So, um, And then in that situation, you would also bench boost in 34 because of the doubles. Um, and I mm-hmm. feel like using your wild card in 31, you'd have time to build up back to two free transfers and then maybe take a negative four to get a full team of bench of players in. And that way you can really attack it with a bench boost in 34. Yeah, look, I like that plan. Yeah. So honestly, both of those seem like really good options. Just kind of some ideas I'm throwing around, but maybe that can be beneficial for some people out there who are still trying to decide how to use their chips um, and decide what works best for them. So I, I really do like the idea of um, wild carding in a team and then bench boosting the next weekend to get all the doublers involved. I, yeah. I, I'm leaning heavily towards that idea. Yeah. So a wild card in 33 um, and then you bring in, you know, those doublers and you have a full team of bench boosted as well mm-hmm. for 34. So interesting idea there, but how about we wrap up this pod and let's go through our free hit teams for 25. Let's do it, dude. Um, would you like to start? Or no, you, start? you go first, lead the way. Okay. Um, so we're going to start with our back line. Um, for me, this is like a iffy, like, the first player I'm going to say is the one I'm most like skeptical about actually bringing them in for a free hit, and that's Ederson as the goalkeeper. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Because I just think I can maximize other places and still get him in because I think they have the best double for keeping a clean sheet. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like playing I, – I really don't trust Liverpool to keep a clean sheet against Luton or Brentford, and that's right. solely down to Tony. And Luton just seem to be able, like on set pieces and from corners, they just seem like they're just scoring goals like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Luton have one of the highest XGs over the last three game weeks, so I really which is don't pretty crazy. I don't like that for Liverpool, so I kind of want to use that City asset as a goalkeeper, which is maybe a little. Ederson has his downfall, so. Ederson City are just kind of cursed in my opinion because they yeah. concede on some extremely low XG chances. They are, but I'm using one of those spots there. And then okay. next in the in the back line, I'm gonna have. A Liverpool defender, mm-hmm. which it really depends on the news that comes out this week. It's probably not; it's for sure not going to be Trent. I don't think he'll be in both games. And from like like what we said from reports, most likely he won't be participating in the double. So yeah. it'll be Connor Bradley if he's back. If he's not, maybe a different Liverpool asset like Van okay. Dyke, possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe Robo, he's back. So that could work. And then I'll also have Dotti and. As this, as another defender, and then Regulon, in my back four. Okay. Yeah. Okay, You're Luka. playing a back four. My back three. I'm just playing three in the back. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Go ahead. Okay. I, th- I think you should go ahead. You do your goalkeeper and your defenders, and we'll kind of go through it level by um, level. Um. Okay. So in this team, I think that all FPL managers need to be aware if Salah is going to play or not. Right. Keeping an eye on that is going to be important, and there's going to be chaos if it's near the deadline and Klopp says, oh, Salah's trained all week. He'll probably if, be getting time. If he's back, it's going to be... It's going to be carnage. It's going to be horrible. It will be. It's going to be I'm absolute terrified chaos. the notion of that and as a And it's going to be owner. peak FPL Twitter. It's going to be a lot of fun, in my opinion. So I kind of uh, hope that Klopp comes out and says, well, you know, Salah's going to be starting. 
He's I never, he's, you know, he's known for being very straightforward I sometimes. hope not. Always sharing his opinion. Um, okay, so on my back line, I pick Kaminsky as the goalkeeper. I think that Luton are going to concede in every single one of these matches, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it allows me to get the players out in my outfield players that I really like. So we and approached it two different ways. That's, that's good. Yeah. Different viewpoints. So Kaminsky is my goalkeeper. On the back line, I'm playing in this formation, I'm playing a 3 4 3. So my def- three defenders are Regulon, Gvardiol with City. After his benching this past week, I feel like he'll be starting on both of these structures. I do think so. You're playing Pep Roulette with. Well, Gvardiol was not rotated before this, and he was pretty locked into that starting 11. So I think he's had his benching, it's out of the way. And I think Vardial is going to start both of these fixtures, in my opinion. Maybe. Which I'm not the person to predict Pep, but it's just the gut feeling that I have. So Vardial. And then my third defender is no other than VVD, Virgil van Dijk. Um, I think that there is a bullet header in one of these matches for him where he puts the ball in the back of the net and gets a goal. Um, And if nothing else, he's a lot cheaper than Trent. And is even a bit t- cheaper than Robbo, I believe. Yeah, he is. Uh, Ro- um, Robertson's the third most expensive defender, I think. Which is kind of crazy with how he's been playing. Trent, Trippier, and then um, okay. Um, well, I'll hand it back over to you. Who are your midfielders? Okay, so first we're going to start with Phil Foden. Of Phillip course. of House Foden. He, he's got to be locked in there. I mean, for somebody that has... I mean, he just scored a hat trick a couple weekends ago. Sixth highest scoring FPL player right now his, in the game. His ability to like have high point totals, I think you're going to really miss out if you don't have him. Agreed. This double. I, we're both Foden on the Foden bandwagon. And then next I have Ross Barkley, who I th- nice. he, like we talked about earlier. He's just involved with a lot of stuff that Luton do. And I don't think it's both these matchups are horrible for Luton. And it's it's a good way to just get a double. All right, Luke's Luke's okay, <laughs> he's all right. But um, and then next, this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. I have Saka. Saka, interesting. Okay, so Burnley away, right? Mm. That's the fixture. Yes, it is. Okay, um, talk us through why you did that. He he's just in killer form right now. Okay, and he's nailed on to pins for Arsenal, and it it just feels like if Arsenal are the way they played West Ham, felt like. They're really striving for that goal differential. Right. And it seems okay. like if they get an early goal against Burnley away. You think it could be get ugly real quick? I think it could get ugly. Like, I don't know. It it just depends, too. I mean, but I, I think Sock is a great option next week. I really love him. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. like that. It's and a good then, shot. It's it's different than the template, so I like that. And then next I have Luis Diaz. Interesting. Okay. Explain why you picked him and not Jota. I, I think he's a little bit of a differential compared to Jota. And like if we look at it, he actually, over the last three game weeks, he has brought in more points than Jota. So he's brought in 24 FPL points the last mm-hmm. three weeks. Right. And to me, I'm like... I don't know. I think a lot of people have brought in Jada, and I honestly, I'm a huge fan of Jada. I, I really like what he does for Liverpool. Like he is extremely clinical when he gets chances. Right. But I think it's also good sometimes to kind of like. This depends on when you approach it, but do something slightly different in the same attack. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I think it's possible um, that he could have a to to highlight that point. Jota is currently at twenty percent selected, and Diash is currently at nine point five percent selected. So he's technically differential. Yeah, still technically below ten percent. By the end of the week, he will not be before the deadline, mm-hmm. um, because people are bringing him in like crazy. So um, okay, nice. I like that. Yeah, I think it's a good one. Let's um, let's hear your midfield, Luke. Okay, well, mine's almost exactly the same as yours. Really? Yeah. Is there any differences, or it's literally? I the took same? a slightly different perspective than you did, and I did bring in a single game week player. I brought in Pascal Gross. They have Sheffield, Sheffield away. away. Oh, Jao Pedro will be out still, from my understanding. It sounds like he's going to be out for months, not weeks. It's kind of really. A, they said weeks, but I imagine it's going to turn out to be longer than that. Damn. With how they're man- trying to manage injuries this season, Brighton just have had and I curse this year. In my opinion, I think they're going to want him back for um, European competition, and they'll really take their time with him. So um, I don't think he's going to be back for a while. Um, so I picked Pascal Gross. I think Brighton could absolutely annihilate Sheffield. Um, secondly, or Brian Ross Barkley. Midfield, I like how his numbers, and as we talked about earlier, he's kind of that creative spark for that team. I also brought in Phil Foden. I don't think you can go without Foden this week. KDB is an interesting option, but with him being rotated, I'm not sure if he's going to start because Champions League is probably going to be their priority for the time being. Mm -hmm. Um I could see, you know, De Bruyne coming on again the 58th minute, 60th against Chelsea. Um, and then Brentford, maybe he starts. It kind of is how I could see yeah. that going. And then my last midfielder, because at 3-4-3, three, three, as I said, the fourth midfielder here is Luis Diaz. And I like him as a little bit more of a differential. He's very attacking. And I feel like he's locked into the starting 11. For sure um, even if Salah comes back. I still do feel like Diash is going to be playing that left wing, in my opinion. Um, so I really, really do like it. Um, it's kind of crazy how similar our teams are as of now. Um, so let's go into the forwards. I almost am 99% sure we picked the exact same forwards, but go ahead. Um, we have King Holland. Yep. King Darwin. Yep. And Tony. Yep. Yep. yep, we're exactly the same on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had very slight differences a little bit at the back. Keepers different, a couple of midfielders, but I think a lot of a lot of players are going to have that, you know, striker front, Holland, Tony, and Darwin. It's going to yep. be very popular and probably return a lot, in my opinion. I think you're going. There's a lot of goals in those so. three. Um, so yeah, we hope that you all kind of learned something from this podcast. Absolutely. And Helps benefit your teams in the long run, but that is going to be it from us this week. Paul, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Yeah, this is this is the fun time as being an FPL manager to me. Like, like I know last year we had a lot more doubles, but like to have doubles and blinks, like it really makes you um, like be more inside of and like you have to plan more as an FPL manager, and it's not as straightforward. So it, it brings a lot more variance to the game, and I think it's I think it's really fun and like. Maybe it's frustrating that you have players at blank, but like that's also like a challenge of the game too, is just like figuring out how all these puzzle pieces fit together and guessing like what eleven people on a pitch are gonna do against eleven people and predicting stuff. Like it's it's so hard to do and 
That's why I think we should really like enjoy the good moments and the bad moments really aren't that bad because like it's so hard to predict this shit. It really is. Like I, yeah. I think I think we're a lot of us are way too tough on ourselves as FPL managers. At the end of the day, it's very hard to predict. And within that, right, it's very easy to be extremely template, follow what, you know, the top FPL content creators push out there and just go with the masses. But if you are brave enough to put yourself out there, try something a little different, then kudos to you because you're, you are making an effort to be different and kind of, you know, learn a little bit, learn from your mistakes and we all get better. So, um, absolutely. As always, thank you all for joining us for this podcast. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions or concerns about your teams, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Um, we're more than happy to help you out. But um, thank you all for joining us. Hope you hope you join us for the next one. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks, everybody. We will see you soon. Goodbye.